going on, everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell. I am your humble, humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined as always by the purveyor of the show, executive producer of the show, director and publisher of the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com. Stuart Curley. Stu, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. We're here for episode 16 for our weekly look back on the week that was in oil. As always, we are coming to you from an undisclosed location in Denver and Dallas. You said it's a good day in Dallas. It's beautiful here in Denver. Kind of nice. Got to get the bicycle back out. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's good to things start opening up and we are excited. We have a great show for you lined up. But first, as always, this show is brought to you by our friends at Adamantine Energy. And really what they're doing is asking the question, what is social risk for the energy sector? And really, it's not just community opposition development projects. It's everything from the success of the divest from fossil fuels movement, which is huge right now, all the way to the engagement of all of these different ESG programs that are the your, your individual states that you operate in are trying to combat social risk really seems like it's everywhere now and it's moving fast and i love this they have in their little show notes form multiplying like zombies i love these people because they 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 also keep loose and it's really why your company needs a strategic partner to help you assess and prepare for what adamantine energy does and specifically what their entire board does is they help your shareholder and institutional pressure on peer companies they help aspirational regulatory changes that are driving energy policy and the perception on where you headquartered and where you operate and they help you on anti-glass climate divestors or divest and local community organization that really impact your operations they do everything from a strategic board level strategy i love their principal tissue so that she's so awesome she also has an, a podcast called the energy thinks podcast that we'll be launching here very soon you can be you'll be able to check it out very very soon on itunes and spotify we love everything we had a great interview with her about two weeks ago on the sort of what kicked off some of the sponsorship stuff and, and it's just been a blast so please check them out www.energythinks.com we really have a great show lined up for what we're going to talk about really is, is you've been hearing on all of these expert interviews we've been doing that natural gas is bullish. Well, why? I think we're going to kind of give an overview of A, why all of these you know, analysts are actually bullish on natural gas, and then sort of give our take and where we think this fits into what's going on in the market. We're also obviously going to touch on the levels. We've got some interesting stories. Oxy sent a crazy email to all of their employees this week. We'll dive in and get my and Stu's thoughts on that. As always, we'll check the levels and the EIA. Crazy. We had a draw on Cushing. That's the high level. We had a draw in Cushing. So be able to see and we'll check in with our 360 official, non-official fund. Please, if you are not subscribed to this show, I beg before we get into segment one do that now subscribe resubscribe do whatever makes the itunes and spotify algorithms going up we really appreciate it. we had an awesome month last week we've got some great feedback and we really appreciate everybody's support you can also connect with us linkedin um michael tanner Stuart Turner. you can follow intercom and oil and gas 360 on all major social media platforms i don't even need to read them all off because you just, we're everywhere. Search Intercom and Oil and Gas 360 on your favorite social platforms. You can find us. You can also check out the world's greatest website, which is www.oilandgas360.com for the Energy 360 Network, which is the best place to find all of your energy thought leadership interviews. We have an interview dropping next week with AJAS. We're actually going to be cutting an interview tomorrow with Enverness, and they have a new product called Open Insights that we're going to be chatting about, which is really all talking about cost effect and cost efficiency. And in this time period when you know oil prices, I mean, oil prices are up to $27 today. So, I mean, maybe today's not the day to talk about cost cutting because now everyone's about to be, I see rigs firing up at this price. Don't get me started. 
But uh, um, it, uh, you know, really what they're doing is they've analyzed over like five, it's like 500,000 invoices and they've gone line by line doing some crazy data. I'm so excited to talk to them. That'll be out next week. I think we're trying to get that to you guys Monday. And then we also just cut yesterday an interview with Wolfpack Software. These are great people. Um, they're, you know, headquarters. Where are they headquartered? Because they were, we had two different locations they were coming to us from. We're coming from Canada is where their development uh, head of development is. And then Abilene is where their headquarters is. And Brent was in West Texas. So mm-hmm. all over the coming place. From everywhere. Abilene, that's, kind of, that's a cool place to have a headquarter. It's not the you know, usual Houston or, you know, Dallas. So I'm kind of I partial to Abilene. True. I love it. Well, and so that's just, you can check out everything on the Energy 360 Network. It's an awesome play. It's an awesome place for all the energy thought leadership. We'll be dropping all of those next week. Stay tuned. All right. I, I, I want to shift gears. You know, I, the, there's some crazy trading st- stories that we need to get into. I mean, Oxy sent out this wild email to its employees, which we need to do. We'll get in on it a little bit. But really, I, I, we, we, you know, we were not struggling to come up with the first segment, but we were really tossing around a couple of ideas. And really what, what I felt, you know, you know, to kind of lead the show with is, is you've been hearing, if you've listened at all to any of these 360, um, Energy 360 Emperor Networks, which if you haven't, I highly recommend you do, specifically the ones with, we did Enver, we did two with Enverness, which is formerly Drilling at Bull, and Bernadette Johnson, who's their Vice President of Strategy Analytics, who is just incredible knowledge base, awesome to chat with her. I, I, I'm sad we don't get interview her tomorrow. We get another guy, but that's okay. Um, and then the interviews we've done, the two interviews we've done with Spool, we've chatted with Liam O'Brien and then Deb Ryan um, in the first one. And then Liam came back for the second one and we chatted with Chris Wiley, who's more of the um, international LNG guy, which I know Stu's going to get into once we get these thoughts. But really, if you've listened to those interviews, I think the, the two key takeaways, and if you haven't, I'm spoiling the news. So maybe, you know, spoiler alert. Um, they're bullish on natural gas. And I don't think this is a new concept. I think if you ask anybody in the industry right now, they'll tell you, oh yeah, natural gas is going to be three, four bucks. And I think the real question is, is why does everybody think that? Um, Because it's right now the purveying wisdom. And I think some people are just kind of going along and going through the motions and, oh, I see Enverness has four bucks. I'm going to pin it at four bucks. And sometimes that's sometimes how you see these numbers, especially in the investment banking world, get pegged. You're just doing, you know, statistical demands off whatever it else is doing. So not to say that that happens all the time, but sometimes there gets this huge consensus. And right now it seems the entire energy research community is telling us natural gas, three to four dollars this summer. And so really the question is why? Why do they think that? And there's there, really it's one big argument. Well, it's two. COVID-19, obviously, the coronavirus has absolutely slashed domestic gasoline demand, which is a lot of, um, or excuse me, a lot of electrical demand, which is a lot of where natural gas is spent. It's sort of funny. We talk about we put gasoline in our car, but um, it doesn't come from natural gas. It comes from crude oil. So natural gas is actually what powers our homes, the electricity when you get heat, cold water. That's what it demands. And so that has actually not really, you know, at this stay-at-home vibe natural gas hasn't really uh in terms of demand has gone down a little bit but not as much as you think because everyone's just staying at home we're still using some forms of energy and so but what's happening right now is because oil is so low we're shutting in shale wells and and the problem is is these new shale wells in texas that are basically the ones that a lot of these companies are signing if you go back and looks you know it, it, we, we you know me and Stu ran this segment uh, about a week ago talking about which wells and then there was actually an interview with premier oil field group which you should check out because they are, are really the experts in you know shutting in different wells which wells to shut in and when and, and when you look at sort of what everyone is shutting in around the industry it's all the new shale oil 
with all the new shale wells. It's basically, it's easier to park the Ferrari in the, as, as, as our friend of the show, Nick Barry talked about, it's easier to park a Ferrari that's just been, that's just been freshly tuned in the garage for a month. You understand it's going to turn back on then try to shut down a lot of your old junkers where to be honest, if I don't turn my truck on twice a week, I probably will die on me. I'm dead serious. I have to turn my car on twice. A day. I cannot just let it sit for more than like three, four days. I've switched out bad. That's just because it's an older car. And so the theory goes, it's going to be easier to turn those wells. And it probably is. And that's the route that these companies are going. But what they're, but what that means is, 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 is these new shale wells have such a high associated production of gas associated with them that when these production cuts or these, theoretical cuts that are supposed to be coming in and we'll check out the EIA and, and maybe see if that's the case, but that the shut-ins are not only taking crude oil off the market, but they're taking off all of this associated gas, which is, you know, if, if you listen to uh, the interview with Spool, I'm pretty sure it was three BCF. That's, I think that's what he, uh, Liam mentioned. That's going to be with all of these shut-ins that Spruill expects to come out. They mentioned it was about three BCF a day, which is a lot. It's just an unbelievable amount. And so, you know, but, 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 and, and, and so that's not far off, you know, three, $4 gas this summer. That's sort of what the experts are saying is assuming this trend continues. Well, when you look at natural gas today, it's a dollar 66. That's a huge movement for natural gas. And if you, you know, pull up a price chart of natural gas, natural gas moves very slowly and then it moves wildly. It has very big volatile swings. It stays, it trades in nice zones. All of a sudden it breaks out. You can take a look at that at a chart right now when it was trading at three, four bucks about two, three years ago. That was an unbelievable jump up. So natural gas has the ability to move quickly. So just because it's not there now, you know, because I think that's the biggest criticism I've been hearing as well. If everyone's saying this, why is natural gas $1.66 now? Well, you have to take into account the fact that natural gas moves quickly and the dynamics of the fundamentals of the market change like that. And that's why gas changes. And so, you know, part of the reason why, you know, and, you know, I think another interesting thing that was brought up by these Sprouls guys when they were talking about, you know, some of the research of why they think natural gas is going to be too They mentioned traffic consumption. This was about a week and a half ago when they brought this up, which I thought was really interesting. And this was the fact that traffic consumption about two, three weeks ago was up 3% week over week. That's not even today. I mean, I go outside right now. I go down and get gas. Colorado gave up on corn. I, I, I don't mean, I mean, I'm not saying like the governor said we should, but if you just go outside, Colorado's done with quarantine. I, I, it's, it's over. So I don't know how Texas is. Is Texas kind of, I know they're officially reopened. Are you guys kind of coming back? Uh, traffic is back, but also this morning there was an article out there that said uh, the smog level or CO2 level for Houston is already back to pre-COVID because of all the traffic. So Texacans don't really care. We're out on the road again. Yeah, I love it. And Colorado's getting to that point either because, I mean, it's back. It looks like business as usual. So that's what they're seeing is why they think demand is these inventories. Oil's going to continue to stay low. I mean, it's $27 now. 27 bucks now, but who, 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 who doesn't know it's going to be negative by the time the contract flips at the end of the month. So it'll be very interesting, you know, so shut-ins are going to continue to happen, which means associated gases can, can, can continue to be taken off the market. Consumption is going to continue to go up in terms of traffic consumption, which means uh, gasoline demand is going to continue to go up. People are going to be start using these commercial buildings or start getting fired back up, which use a lot of the electricity. Intercom's offices are officially open, only 50% in all accordance with Denver laws, but it is opening back up. So I 
lights are coming on. You're starting to use things are starting to come back. And, 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 you know, then to on, on that pity, we saw draw at Cushing last week. So, I mean, that's how these shut-ins are affecting things. And so I think, you know, really, I think the next question is, okay, so that's why everyone is bullish on demand. The question is, well, I guess what is, what, what do we think is going to happen? And, and really, what does the show think? And, and I'll, I'm going to give Stu, because I know Stu has some thoughts on natural gas, and I'll kind of wrap it up and, and sort of where I sort of piece all this stuff together before we move into uh, the week that was. Hey, uh, thanks, Michael. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm bullish on natural gas for about three reasons. And the first one is natural gas is the natural bridge uh, to, for the movement away from coal, uh, for availability for folks to have clean uh, availability to power. Now, worldwide ships, worldwide LNG, worldwide uh, use of natural gas is mm -hmm. going through the roof. Uh, Poland and um, uh, there are about three other countries that are just now, they're importing more LNG right now because they're trying to bypass the Russian natural gas pipelines. They're mm -hmm. not happy with being holding to them. China is now importing a lot of LNG. So you're seeing that demand and Spruill as well as Enverus brought up the points that we're going to see demand in the fall starting mm -hmm. to kick in. So natural demand is going to start kicking in. Yep. Long term, natural gas is the number one growing uh, power uh, source out there. And, and uh, I, I truly believe that it is uh, financially, uh, that's why I'm uh, invested in Chenier. And one of the uh, ones this morning was uh, Shell uh, investing in uh, Nigerian natural gas. Uh, there's natural gas uh, plants yeah. that are being done. Yesterday, uh, Port of Corpus Christi had a uh, seminar going on. And that seminar uh, had uh, millions of dollars of more storage yeah. being done for natural gas and oil. But LNG is going huge. No, LNG. I think the global LNG market is 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 something that's very fascinating to watch. My take on this all is is I just tend to be a contrarian when everyone thinks one way. I I tend to try to figure out a way to think the other way. Um, I think four dollar natural gas is a little is a little too bullish in my opinion, especially this summer. I think especially if if these shut ins that until this point have driven, you know, crude oil prices up, you know, all the way to $27. Um, that means some of these hedges that companies are going to be able to start turning. I mean, not that they're going to turn stuff on, but I've seen some crazy things on, on this. Again, why do you need to go on Twitter? I've just seen some crazy tweets on Twitter of, you know, you know, whether or not they're, they actually work at these oil companies, who knows, but they're telling me that they're getting, you know, they're, they're mentioning that they're getting orders to turn production back on. They're firing up rigs at $27. So I mean, there is there is uh, something to be said about oil getting up this high. We see we 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 might see some of these um, shut-ins get turned back on, and obviously that would be devastating to the price of gas because the reason why it's so far down was because of all of this associated. Stu brings up a good point that natural gas is going to be 
you know, relied upon heavily. I mean, if you if you've at all had a chance to watch that Planet of, Planet of Humans documentary with Michael Moore, they talk about for every coal plant that they get rid of, they're firing up two natural gas plants. So I think into the future, natural gas as a whole will become a very important part of the energy grid. Do I think we're going to see three, four dollar natural gas? I'm just just because I'm the contrarian, I'm going to put my ceiling at 250. I mean, I think it's going to continue to rise. But if 12 month strip is only 280 right now, I have a hard time seeing how we're going to get to four bucks. But I'm very open to being wrong and you know as always we continue to check it but that's the amazing kind of like creskin the amazing creskin what do you got 375 375 i love it mm -hmm. um and so you know really i just wanted to spend that time talking about you know the overall natural gas why people are so bullish on it it's you know mainly due to obviously the coronavirus decreasing the amount um uh, the price of oil, which is going to cause shut-in wells, which is going to decrease the amount of associated gas, which will drive the price up. And as we really we look back into the week that was at oil, you know, there, there, there's so much good stuff. But before we get into that, I just need to talk to you guys quickly about my friends at Sandstone Capital Group. These guys provide all of the levels and all of the research that comes into this podcast. They do insanely good research. And they have this pr specific product called the Energy Glimpse that all this information comes from. You can check them out at www.sandstonecg.com. Give them a call, 949-561-1818. We really appreciate their support. And when we look at, you know, I have some stories that have, I want to start with the International News Desk, though. What do we got? I know you've got a bunch of stuff. What's on the international news desk when you're being concerned for? Well, um, as we talked about just a little bit ago, uh, Shell is investing in Nigerian LNG processing unit. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is a tendency for uh, oil and gas investors to uh, leave the U.S. and then go worldwide. And that pattern is investing in LNG or natural gas mm -hmm. companies. Natural gas companies are the new sexy companies to invest in. They are. So, and, and with that, we also saw that, um, let's see here, uh, we had uh, China is now paying a premium for some of their select crudes uh, today on a story that I ran. And that's showing that uh, China's demand is coming back very nicely. So when you take a look at China's demand, yeah. it validates with the smog in Houston yep. that we're seeing. Absolute wonderful news for demand starting to come back. That's good. No, that's good. And uh, that's definitely something. And, and, and really that kind of, that honestly flies to the face of what my first story was, which I saw, which I, we can take, it was an S&P Global article that said floating storage is now at record highs. So while yes, we're seeing some of this positives, we're still seeing boats on the market that are having so much crude in them. I, you know, I, I saw an interesting article last week that also said that crude tankers who normally go through the Suez Canal, one of the biggest profit generators for the Suez Canal is the toll fee. Because those you well, crews are just now. Let's just go around the horn. Why, why, why spend the toll fee when we don't we don't even have a place to put it? Let's just go all the way around. So the Suez Canal is losing multiple revenue streams right now. That's crazy. Hey, uh, one other thing. You know, we're talking about bringing all manufacturing home to the U.S., taking care of the U.S. first. Um, one of the uh, international news desk item this week was Canada. Canada is is really pushing hard to start selling all the precious minerals to the U.S. for our renewables. I mean, we you and I talked about with the Michael Moore special we have coming up. 
that you do, even though renewables uh, are important, solar, wind, they take a tremendous amount of precious minerals. And Michael, wouldn't you rather want to buy uh, precious minerals from our buddies in Canada? Oh, yeah, exactly. I would much, much rather buy this. Um, I would much, much, much rather buy from Canada. So I love it. So that was the other thing from the International News Desk. Cool, cool. And uh, I love it. And so you always keep us updated on what's going on on the international side. And really the one story that I had this week, and this is this sort of blew up on LinkedIn. So uh, I just, yeah, I felt we addressed it. Oxy sent out an email this week. I don't know if you saw this, Studio. It's internal employees. Basically asking for saying you can submit how many numbers of months you want severance in form for a voluntary resignation. And they have basically what they're doing is it's, you know, reverse auction theory. Who, who puts in the lowest number? It's a sort of an ingenious way to get people to, if people were already considering moving on, if they already think that they're going to get laid off. Um, I, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. What did you think if you, you got that email? Uh, I'd start getting my crayon out and, and start taking a look at that as well, too. Um, years and years ago, I was working for a company, Novell, uh, and they sent everybody home and said, if FedEx shows up on your doorstep, you're laid off. I think I'd oh. rather have an ability to uh, bid uh, and say, I want four months, I want three hundred. I 100% agree with you. And I, the people that sort of the flack that was getting taken on, 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 on LinkedIn and Twitter was that this was a horrible idea. I mean, to be honest, 80%, you know, Oxy's probably going to lay off 60% of their employees, their employee base anyway. So odds are you're in that base. Might as well go ahead and just start the job search early. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's as bad as people were making out to be, but I knew I had to bring it up here on the pod before we move on to our final set or before we move on to the levels. Um, and, and, and really when we get into the actual levels for crude oil this week, I mean, talk about a, not necessarily a bullish week. We were sort of flat throughout the week, but then today we've risen to all time highs. We saw 27, not all time highs, but really all you know highs for what we've seen in the past two, three weeks, 27, 96 touches, just as we were kind of putting the show notes together for this podcast is a little inside baseball. You're hearing this on a Friday morning. We record these on a Thursday afternoon. It's actually about 140 Mountain Standard Time. So we're going to get done with this here in about 10 minutes and then bang out our uh, uh, digital ticker. We're just providing content to you guys on content on content. We love doing it. But we look at the levels for the week. You know, crude trading at 27.44. I mean, I think it's a little high right now. I've got my pivot point at 24.85, though my levels have been, ever since I mentioned my levels were doing very well, they've just been terrible. So um, who knows if my levels are even good anymore. But but if you're a bull right now, I, I, I see a couple scenarios. One, I see 28.28 and 28.91. I see those as the two caps for the week right now. I, I would be hard-pressed to see this thing pop above that just because there's no volume. If it really is going to pop above that, I'm seeing 31, 30, 31, 48 and 31.60. That, that's my ceiling for this. If you're, if you're a bull and you're looking to get into, you know, I think now's your, you know, I think you, you, you wait for a pullback, get in a little bit, ride this thing up to the high 29s and, or excuse me, the high 28s and then just, just get out. I, I don't necessarily see it getting above that, but as always, I am open to being wrong. If you're a bear, which I am next week, I'm, 
I'm going to just full disclosure. I'm a full bear. There's just too much volume to the downside. 26.55, 25.80, 24.85, which is our point of control for the week, which is crazy to think about. So, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about just playing point of control, so let's take the score right now and, and play 24.11. And then really 23.52. Like I said, I'm bearish for the week, but, you know, as always, I am open to being wrong and I'm, and I'm on a lot. But one thing I was right on is this total domestic crude production dropping in the oil field. And that's something I've been on for three, four weeks. It's finally up to the numbers I want. And we got that Wednesday, DOE dropped crude inventory numbers. And they were actually insane numbers. 700,000 barrel draw on the entire market, bringing natural gasoline stocks down to about 186 million, which is still above our five-week rolling averages. But great to see that. This is, I think, the first time in, it was like 12 weeks, we've had a, an actual yep. draw. Cushing, nonetheless, 3 million barrel draw from Cushing, bringing them down to 20, uh, 62.4 uh, million barrels, which is an unbelievable number. Great for Cushing to see that. I mean, not only was it all rented out, but they were filling up faster than they could take it. So that's a great number to see. But this is what I love to see. Total domestic crude production down 300,000 barrels um, a day to 11.6, which is the lowest level since July 2019. I've been on this. I was on that number for a while, the two to 300,000 barrels a day. I'm so finally glad we were able to get it here. And I look for that number to continue, um, you know, sort of staying that as we go. I don't know how much lower it'll go from that, but, you know, down to 11.6. I'd like to see it get down to 11.2, 11.1 maybe, but it's a good number. Stu, you want to hop in here? Well, yeah, uh, Michael, you have been very, very open and uh, very um, leadership oriented saying there is a huge demand about to be unleashed in the U.S. and in the world. You are tired of sitting at home and you want to go everywhere. And you've said it, as soon as the demand comes on, it's going to come on. You've been consistent about that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I'm ready to reverse quarantine. I know I've, I actually felt horrible this week, full disclosure. I, uh, I, I woke up yesterday, I felt like I got hit by a bus. Um, but uh, You look that way too. No, I always look like that. But, uh, but no, it's great to see domestic production at that number. I'd like to see it fall 11.6, 11, down to like 11.2. But as always, we will see the levels coming. Before we move on to our picks, before we finish up, do anything else on the news side we need to get out? Uh, no, it's just a nutty, busy time right now. It is crazy. How many papers you got? What's the paper stack looking like from you? Are you light on the papers? Is it all uh, on the, the screen? I've, I've kept digital this. Good. Year. I've yeah, been saving trees. Saving trees. Hey, but that's less natural gas that's being used because that's more electricity demand. So we need to keep that printer firing. But uh, I think it's time to go ahead and move into our 360 official, non-official fund. Before we do that, the lawyers make us say this so we don't get sued. This segment is for entertainment purposes only. As always, everybody on the show, me, Michael Tanner, Stu, Stuart Turley, invest for our own account, and we do not manage any outside money. We do not give investment advice. We do not offer any securities or have any involvement on the regulated side of the industry. Remember, investing is risky, and you can and will lose all of your principal. That being said, Stu, how are your picks doing? Well, um, I'm remaining flat, but Michael, I'm going to be serious with you. I'm going to be uh, doing some serious research. Uh, right now, my LNG for Chenier is uh, up 2.9%. My in, in phase is down a buck 20. I'm still going to probably be hanging on to those. My FANG is only up 0.13%. Uh, 
Rattler is down, but I'm still bullish on uh, Geopark. I really think uh, my South America stuff is going to hang tough, but I'm going to mm -hmm. reevaluate my others. Uh, I have some new picks for next week. Okay. And uh, what's Tomcat looking like? Bottom feeding? Uh, Tomcat actually got out uh, money ahead this week. I'm going to visit. As always. Woo. He's a good, he's doing good right now. He's kind of sitting on a lot of cash. So he's going to do some evaluating and uh, take a look at Monday. So I hope to have some new numbers uh, by then. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and really for me, my two picks were Bonanza Creek. I have 65 shares, 1489. I mean, they're down big. They're to, you know, $15 and 50 cents. They were all the way up to 18 bucks. So we're still, we're still up on that. We're green on that. But remember I had a, I, I, I took out, remember, I, I remember when the experts came in from Spruill and uh, Inverness, they said natural gas, three bucks. They said, great. Well, let's go ahead and pull out a futures contract. Dollar 82 entrance point for me. Ugh, natural gas, as we mentioned, dollar sixty-six. So we're we're down heavy on that. Hopefully, we don't have a margin call but, due here. Hey, Michael, I'm going to throw a little bit at you, and that is, they both said in the fall. True, true. But hey, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it, and I'm okay. getting in that. And now, you know, I'd rather be early to party late. And and as always, we kid. Um, I do think natural gas hey, will get up there, and 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 the short-term side of the market is this is always the long-term is different. Um, I don't really have anything else with picks. I, I need to come back and, and add to the portfolio. It's going to be part of my job this week, and we'll be back with you Monday to get everything. We'll update everything on the picks, and we will keep you up to date and get you everything you need to know on what's coming up next week. Well, you got something, Stu? At Shameless Plug, uh, you started Oil & Gas Newsfeed Twitter account outstanding. We are pushing out all the key stories out on the Twitter news feed from oil and gas website. Yes. Oil, it's called OAG 360 underscore news. It's called the oil and gas 360 news decks. Every single story that drops on oil and gas 360.com, the world's greatest website will be available on the world's greatest Twitter account. Um, it's, it's really cool the way it's just an automatic feed. It's going to be awesome. I'm already following. Please give that a follow. We appreciate it. But with that, we're going to go ahead and let you guys get back to work here on this Friday. And it's your, it's, it's what we're telling you is you have the ability to take the rest of the day off. Whenever you're listening to this tomorrow, you have minus two's permission to go ahead and just take the rest of the day off and start your weekend early. We will see you guys on Monday for the week ahead. 